How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for joining me on ZK Live. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So, for people who don't know you, where are you located? What is your company look like? Sorry, say that one more time. Where are you located and what is your company look like? We are located in Calgary, Alberta. And we are a crew of currently five, four to five people. I have my first question. I was going to ask, where does the company come from? Uh, it's my grandfather's last name and my last name. Um, and he's the original painter in the family. So I thought it would be nice to keep that and send them home little t-shirts with their last name on them. <laughs> Literally the whole reason I started this company is so I could name it after my grandfather and send him home a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure to summarize it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that origin story before. <laughs> I just thought it would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. So then how did you get into the painting trade? Your grandfather? Uh, no, actually. I think we have kind of a similar story. Um, I'd actually planned to go to med school. And then I just dropped out of everything and decided to hitchhike across the country. That's probably not a similar story, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just landed in painting, honestly. Like, I made a lot of mistakes to get here. Um, definitely didn't go to med school. Probably never going to go to med school because painting's kind of harder, I think. Painting's probably a little more challenging than being a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that's funny that you said I, I had the same dreams. And, uh, I think we maybe have some similar, I, for me, part of what railed me, my disease and being an addict and, you know, yeah. already in college, I like to go to school. Yeah, it took a long time to ride that train. Um, I worked in the liquor industry for, I don't know, a few years and just basically got paid in booze. <laughs> And really <laughs> took that home. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. And I picked up a paintbrush one day and I lied. I said I could paint. I said I had like two years experience. And then I was given this house, like a probably $1.5 million house to paint. And I was like, sure, no problem. And I just lied my way straight into it. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> oh, how did that go? Um... You know, on the first day, my boss was like, okay, we need you to paint the gables um, and the fascia and get that all finished and we're going to start on the body. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then the second he left, I just had to Google what gables were, <laughs> what a fascia was, how to use a paintbrush. So yeah, <laughs> I had like basic knowledge, but I, I was not a painter. Wow. Yeah, so that worked out, I guess. And then did you just love it right away? Yeah, I I really did love it. I think, honestly, it was weird because I was with a lot of grubby companies, like a lot of jeans and t-shirt new build companies, a lot of just old men running other old men companies. And I loved painting, but I hated I hated 
painting culture. I hated how dirty it was. I hated how grumpy it was. And I thought about getting out of it for a while. And then I, I, uh, when I got to Calgary, I started with a company and I don't necessarily agree with anything else that company does, but I saw how clean cut they were, how well their books were done, how well their systems were organized, like how friendly their employees were. And it kind of, I don't know, it kind of gave me a new lease and I realized I could take older world craft that I, that I learned from the miserable, miserable old men who taught me <laughs> and just put a new spin on it and not be one of those, you know, like new, new companies that come up and they just have no idea what they're doing. They just look kind of cute and people buy into it and they have no clue how to apply paint. Um, so I, I just took what I learned from the grumpy guys and then marketed it in the same way that the new guys who didn't really know what they were doing marketed themselves. And I think I've, I don't know, I think I've re reignited why I started painting again. Yeah, I think there's, there, I love the idea of the good stuff and, and like getting and going past that and putting your own spin. I felt the same way working for people. My whole yeah. story, you know, I want to do what I like these things they do, but I can do it better. And, yeah. You know. I, I, yeah, I felt so held back. It was like, oh, you guys are almost there. <laughs> totally. You guys are almost there. I love all these things, but this is so wrong. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it just got to me. Yeah, I, I was, I felt exactly the same way. And then, so how did it go from working to starting your own company? Um, honestly, I just, I was at one job site and it, I was just pushed to the limit and everything was going wrong because the wrong systems were being used. And I literally, I was, I was actually drinking pretty heavily as well at that point. And I literally just drove off the job I like calmly packed up my tools I was like okay guys I'm gonna see you later and I just walked off the job site and I just like drove into the prairies for as long as I could and then I was like I quit I either have to go to rehab or like find a new career path because this is nuts like it's not sustainable to work like this for another company not getting paid enough you know, with all these stressors. And um, I just took a month and just had a bit of a mental breakdown. <laughs> and then I got a call saying, hey, can you come paint my whole apartment complex? Like 20 units. <laughs> okay, that's not what I expected you to say. And I was like, okay. I could, I could do that. I could paint. What? It's just apartments. And I did it. And by the time I was done that, I had someone else say like, hey, I have more apartment units. Like I got your name from so and so. Can you come paint my apartment units? And then I had those for so long. And within those, I it just snowballed. I honestly didn't even try to start a business. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> How did that first call about the apartments where did that come from? I had uh I'd done work on apartments with the last company I worked with and I left them and they called me because I was the point of contact and 
I was, I just said, no, sorry, I, I don't work for them anymore. It's not my problem. And they were like, oh, well, we just want you. I was like, mm, that seems shady. And they were like, well, just so you know, if you're gone, we're just not going to use them anymore anyway. So you can either take it <laughs> or we're going to find new painters anyway. So it worked out and it floated me for the first probably year year and a half where I could slowly start to build up clientele, even through the building owners and whatnot. Generally, if you own an apartment building, you have quite a bit of money. So that got me into some more higher end stuff. And then I slowly, slowly worked my way back up into more high end where I wanted to be, <laughs> not really painting apartments, but yeah. That's crazy. So if you do good work and you're like, <laughs> good customer magically you know yes you can out. literally start from the ground if you paint shitty apartments really 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 nice a few times people start to give you nicer and nicer things <laughs> <laughs> that was uh definitely my story as well just way over delivering and being way underpaid yeah 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent yeah, make nothing. Spend 25, 30 hours on an apartment wall repaint one coat that should be five hours. Yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. The stuff I did was ridiculous. <laughs> I got paid nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. So, and and you were, to go back to, so when you got started your own thing, had this, then, did the substance abuse like stop or reduce because of the lack of stress? Um, it kind of got worse <laughs> because I realized. I was like, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah, it got significantly worse um, because I had more money yeah. um, <laughs> and I had more stress because who knew it was so stressful running a paint company? Holy cow. <laughs> yep. Um, and it just, it puts a lot of stress on your life, you know? It puts a lot of stress on your home life. Uh, it doesn't leave a lot of room for you to relax or reflect on your behaviors. You're just so, you just spend every ounce of energy getting up in the morning and getting to work. <laughs> like you shit the bed on so many things. And yeah, you just don't get a lot done. So it got worse before it got better, for sure. Yeah. But then it took about two years into my business, I think, before realizing that it just, it honestly is just not sustainable. I like completely flipped my life up on its back and just left everything, quit everything. And it's been ridiculous ever since. It's been like phenomenal growth customer service is way better. Like, I just want to send out apology cards to the customers in the first, you know, probably in the second year of business because we were so busy and I was just so done. I was just done. Yeah, but. I buy some and mm -hmm. I'm just how I want to knock on the door and apologize. Yeah. Yeah, like, sorry for never sending you an estimate. Sorry for walking off your job site. Sorry for, you know, so many things. You just don't have the same management of your emotions, I guess. When yeah. You're in that state. 
I mean, I was riding roller coasters throughout drinking and drugging, you know. Was, yeah. No day was your brain is trying to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you use pretty much every ounce of your brain. Yeah. I, I'd say what you normally use at 100% of your day now, like myself at 100% of my day, I was probably using 10% of what I could have used. Yeah. And I would come home exhausted. And I would go to bed exhausted and I would wake up exhausted. And then I would drink because I was exhausted. And it was just, it just wasn't it. You can't sustainably run a business or or your life like that, realistically. No. I'm cutting out, people are saying. Let me this work. Mm -hmm. Can you guys, can you guys hear me better now? Is that better? Oh, man. Somebody say something in the comments. Is it worse or better? Whose sound is down? Staticky. Mine. Mm. Um, yeah, I have like a weird echo thing in my ear now. It's worse. <laughs> Wait, somebody said much better. Wait a second. All right. <laughs> How's that? I'm echoing. Is this is this tolerable for anybody or not podcast level? Oh man. All right, so you know what? I'm gonna not talk and we'll just keep having you talk. <laughs> That's good. Anyway. Um Oh mine's good. So then so then tell me about getting clean and like when you started to stay, maybe I should stop drinking. Well I actually it was my I'm going through a divorce right now. Full disclosure for everybody on the internet. <laughs> um, and I left uh, the house I was living in with my partner. And I just didn't want it to be in vain. You know, my marriage is over. I have this business. That's literally all I have left is my business. And I just didn't want to leave it and just keep doing the same thing, I guess. Um, so I just completely moved into a new place. About, I guess it was May, May last year, and I, I didn't really have a choice to look back. Like, I, if I continued not to get heavy, but if I continued drinking, I would have died drinking. So those were my options, you know. And I don't know your business; it can be at a fault. I guess your business just offers you a really good place to channel all of that initial frustration you're having where you would normally just sit at home and just sweat <laughs> you can just put it into your business and a lot of people and I'm sure I've done it can do it to a fault as well but if you can create something better from it go hard I guess totally yeah, I, I think that especially initially early recovery for me, yeah, it was awesome to have that. And now I have to apply the same things that I was applying to not using, yeah. not becoming a workaholic and, you know. Yeah, you really see where addiction just sneaks in 
everywhere. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this one more quote. I'm like, oh, I'll just, just one more hour and we, we don't have to come in early in the morning. And then you just come in early in the morning anyway and you just yep. keep working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good mindfulness, I guess, to apply that to everything, literally everything. I'll, I'll, I'll attach to literally anything I can attach to and overdo it on all of it. <laughs> I totally. And when, for me, that's, that's addiction. It's obsession and compulsion. Boy, I, my nature does not like moderation. No, no. Me but you know what? Addicts make great painters. <laughs> if you can channel it, you'll be a great painter because you'll just become obsessed. And we see it on here. The people who have gotten sober and are just phenomenal craftspeople. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that, you know, I, for a, a while I was on here and I was, I don't know if I like, you know, at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this openly. And like, I was yeah. interviewed a bunch of times and never really talked about it openly. And like, as time goes on, I like more and more, I'm just like, yeah, like this, this is my story. Hopefully it helps them. I'm coming up on six years clean and I have a, a thrive and it's not a coincidence those things are happening. No, it's crazy. And I love seeing, I actually love Instagram because I love seeing the sobriety posts and going down through them and seeing all the painters that are like, Hey, yeah, I'm on two years. I'm on nine years. I've been sober for 15 years. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Turner painting did one of those posts a while ago, probably about a year ago when I got sober. And I read it one night and I just sobbed <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, that, that hurts. Yeah. And I, I probably got sober within two weeks of that post, I think. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the next day. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, no, I had to go hard first. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, well, first of all, I, I'm so happy to hear that you, are not using and that you're sober right now. Congratulations. Um, you know, every day that another day clean is, you know, it's huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So when I asked earlier about like what makes your company special, you said you talked about bringing humanity into like the business. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, I guess I just wanted it's like I said, with the grumpy old men, and sorry if you're a grumpy old man in the comments, but <laughs> it it just, I don't know, painters have a certain, a certain image. Any painter I've worked for who's run a business, they come in and they don't really talk to the client. They're kind of like, oh, I'm busy. I got to paint. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, just won't give them the time of day. And it's just uncomfortable to be around. So I was just like, I have no sales experience whatsoever. Like none. I just talk to people. I don't even push things. Like I'll go into someone's house and I'll say, no, you don't need to paint that. Like, no, we, we're not going to paint that. That's fine. Like I say that more in a quote than I say, yeah, let's, have you thought about painting this? Have you thought about painting that? Like, I'm not going to upsell you. I'd rather just, honestly, sometimes I've actually forgotten to send quotes to people, but I, I just get so caught up in just going into someone's house and just getting to know. It's so funny, just getting to know them 
I'm like, wow, that was a great experience. <laughs> and then I forget to do the quote and I shouldn't do that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I've just, I've just made a point to just be who I am. And at first that was really hard to do because I'm not a typical looking painter. I don't really hire typical looking painters. Um, you know, I come out and tell people, hey, I use these pronouns, or hey, I'm this, or hey, these things matter. Here are social events. You're all going to unfollow me. That's okay. But here are some things that are important you should know about. And I watch my followers just go down and down and down and down. And then that sucks. But then I'm left with a really core group of clients who will literally die for Orem painting. Like... <laughs> Like, they just go so crazy for the company. And they're so, I don't know, it's weird to have loyal clients <laughs> and loyal fans who aren't even clients, but will just push your company. Just because you're like, hey, I'm this. And someone relates to that or someone's son relates to that. And they, they just see, I don't know, just a more human side in it. As opposed to, we just put paint on your walls. Like, I've heard so many painters say, I don't know, man, I just put paint on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, that's boring. Yeah. Why make it, why make it such a boring thing? Totally. Uh, that's why I was like, I'm not going to keep doing this if it's not going to be something more than that. But I think that authenticity is something that people really respect to, especially on social media. Um. And when you just like the more we just are who we are and put it, in, you know, you attract people that are into that. Yeah. And you know what? At first I did get a lot of uh, follower loss and a lot of, not a lot of negative feedback, more so follower loss, um, client loss. People have dipped out of jobs for sure. Um, but now I don't have to go into job sites and feel stressed to be who I am. I can just go in as an open book. These people already know so much about me. Like they know what sandals I'm wearing today. Like I, <laughs> I don't have to feel shocked or someone else feel shocked about who's coming into their house. And it's, it's just so much more comforting. It's so much more enjoyable. It makes sales easier. It makes it easier to, just connect to people in general when you're like, okay, this person has seen literally everything. <laughs> like I've just blabbed my whole life away on my business page. So <laughs> hire us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, that obviously there's, there's that, that's very, that's a successful, that's a, a powerful way to find, your true fan and not just be like a vanilla, like trying everything to all people, which I don't think is good business in general, unless you're, you know, if you have widgets or something maybe, but you know, yeah. you're, there's only so much. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think it makes it nicer for everyone involved. Like it's nice that someone's in your house and you know who they are, you know, you're not where I've never had a client be worried to give us a key, you know, or be worried to leave their house unlocked or be, no one's ever worried. 
And I realized that when I was with other companies, people were so worried. People would cancel work and stay home for two weeks just to like make sure you didn't go through their jewelry or something. <laughs> and I don't think I've had any client ever do that. Like, I don't even think there's been a hesitation when I've been like, oh yeah, we need complete access to your home and belongings. <laughs> and and that's all led by Instagram, correct? Oh, fully. I don't, I honestly don't even know how to have a company without Instagram. Like it, it just wouldn't exist. I, I don't know if I'm that motivated. <laughs> like to go out and knock on doors and say, hey, you don't know me, let me paint your house. It's I, just a weird niche of marketing. Yeah, and I think we have very similar businesses in a way. And I look at, and I think we have, like you said, I'm doing, I'm just putting me out and our team out. It's yeah. just like, hey, here's a camera. Hey, here's what we're doing today. Here's what we think. Here's how we act. And day in and day out, I'm going to keep doing that. And actually, you get loyal follow, a loyal following. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I actually, I remember you saying that Instagram was crucial to your business, like maybe a year ago or something. And it, at that point, it was, I just started to pick up on Instagram, like huge pickup. And I kind of mm -hmm. took that and was like, Oh, wow, like people are actually doing this isn't just a blip in my reality. <laughs> like You can actually use Instagram to rent to run your company like that may change. Um, but now you can I, I think I told you earlier, but probably 80% of our leads come from Instagram, at like a fairly high close rate. Oh, yeah, it's not just people fishing. It's people saying like, hey, I've seen your guys work obsessively. Like I'm obsessed with your work. Yes. Can I hire you? I've told my husband he doesn't get a say. <laughs> I get it all the time. We, we want you and your company, not we are looking for a painter. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, and I don't think a lot of people are blessed with this, but it's a lot of people not even getting at any other estimates. Yep. Just no. <laughs> or maybe they'll get one to appease something, it, whether it's in them or their builder or their husband or whatever. And they'll just, they'll tell me straight out like, oh, this is, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's fake. We're not going with them. <laughs> that, I'm so happy to hear that because it, I, I tell people all the time that I'm not special and that what we're doing is not a fluke. And that, you know, Instagram is a very vital thing and take the time, invest in it. And I think a lot of people think I'm nuts, but, it you, could, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I probably am, but I also know that people are finding on Instagram. And so to hear you say that is, is awesome. It is hard to get traction. I will say like at first it's really hard to get traction. Um, and we don't even do anything that spectacular, I guess. We don't post spectacular shots of our work. Like, I'm a horrible photographer. I hate it. Like, I, it's not, it's not my thing. <laughs> but we, we actually had a couple influencers in the city just be like, and we didn't even offer them free work or anything. 
it, they just reached out and we did their work and we got a couple of reposts and it just went absolutely nuts. And if you follow that <laughs> wave, like don't let it die. If you just like ride it to the top, you can, you can get, you can get people interested. Yeah. Humble break. Oh. <laughs> and, and that's, that's awesome to hear that you they reached out and didn't ask for stuff because you yeah, know I, no. sometimes that happens but and 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 a lot of times those are not the people that you want to associate with anyway if they're asking for stuff. no not really um like we'll throw in we'll throw in stuff here and there you know like the first person who reached out to me i i just said i have no idea about instagram this seems like it has value. Like, I didn't know what an influencer was. It seems like it has value. What do you think your value lands at in like a monetary way? Here's a bit of a deal on the painting. Like that's the most we've done. Yeah. And little did I know that that is just gold. <laughs> it is just unmined gold. <laughs> influencer marketing is, it's huge. Right. And a lot of the big brands get it, but you know, I don't think uh, all the paint contractors out there understand how all that stuff is. No, it, it's unreal. Like say what you want about influencers, but like one post and I got 15,000 followers, I think once I'm only at 15,000 now. Cause I, I pissed the rest of them off, but <laughs> <laughs> And they come and go. Influencer followers are kind of weird. They like they drop off pretty quick. Yeah. Um, because they just follow anything, I guess. Um. So they drop off pretty quick, but you can get a pretty solid base started from it, especially if you can find local ones. Yeah. Local is the key. It's no point in having someone who's in, you know, me having someone in Toronto repost my stuff. Those are just fake numbers at that point. Like you want to get in local communities, local influencers, local groups. It's the moms. You got to go for the moms. <laughs> That's the hardest part about Instagram is it's not very regional generally. Yeah. And we have a, we have a huge uh, Instagram community in the city. Like it's a big Instagram city for moms <laughs> and painters a lot a lot of really great painters come from this city as well uh so mo i've actually had people reach out to me and say they go on instagram and search you know yyc painters to find painters because that's how big it is in the city that is amazing yeah and that, that's the future and if people don't understand that like contractors who don't understand that will get left behind because you know, it's funny. It's the scrappy, young, unproven, like small startup companies like you and I <laughs> that have had all the success on Instagram. And these big established companies are like, oh, no, <laughs> hire someone. To They'll post these vanilla bland posts about I can't wait. Can't you wait till it's spring outside? Yeah, from like, Pinterest. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> I know I see it and I'm like, oh, suckers. Yeah. You guys are suckers. <laughs> or 
nothing. It's pointless. They're not going to get it by like, here's here's me today. Yeah. And tomorrow and the next day, next day, and you can like it or not like it, but. It's not yeah, I mean, I think some people still follow for the big companies who post the, the uh, pre-set content that posts at a certain time and says this cheesy thing that I could I couldn't even bring myself to say if I tried. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but I think most people are kind of catching on to it. They're not really following falling for the uh, 500 five-star reviews anymore with the with just the dumb slogans and the marketing. Like we, I think last year, I probably spent, no, I spent nothing in marketing. I considered getting Home Advisor for about 10 minutes. And there are companies spending 50 grand a year in marketing. Why, when you could just use Instagram for free? Currently, you can use Instagram for free. Take a picture of what you. That's yeah. it. You don't have to just watch it roll in. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so true. You know, I always look at the big companies and I'm like, man, if you got like, if you took that money and hired a photographer and a videographer, you'd have a hundred thousand, right? Yeah. You produce these companies. A lot of these companies are producing so much content on a daily basis on all of their projects. That if they just so much, (laughs) like you and I, you know, it's like, you know, especially back in the day, I had two people or three people, you know, Mm -hmm. we went sanding for a week. Well, there's not a lot of great content, you know, in sanding for a week. Like 10 jobs going, you can be, but yeah, I feel really grateful that I got in a little bit ahead of the curve now from the top of the mountain. Yeah, like, don't get me, I'm glad people are missing it. I, I don't, <laughs> that's fine. Do your marketing. Don't, you don't want to do Instagram. It, it, it's no good. <laughs> but yes. yeah, we, there's, there are just so many content opportunities and it's, it's free. And like you said, get a videographer. Like that's the most you need to put your money into really. And then you've got videos for life. Like, I feel like when you guys started posting videos, like really well done videos, your followers really increased. Oh yeah. And probably your traction really increased because people were just like, (laughs) I had some viral videos and that'll do the same thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's genius. (laughs) So what does your team look like today? How many people? Uh, My team right now is three full time. And we've got one part-time and we've got me that is quadruple full-time. <laughs> um, and we're actually just merging with uh, Spray's life in the comments. Not hot. <laughs> um, and he's just got a ton more guys. So we're about to maybe quadruple, triple at least in size overnight. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and is your team I mean I know they're not but they're made up of like hardened veteran no. men. actually <laughs> the company I left my team is made up of all of us who left the company 
they're like my rescue dogs from that company. <laughs> uh, one, Steph, who works for me, has had no experience when she started, and I started training her with the other company, and she's been with me uh, since the beginning. Then I fired her. Then I hired her back. <laughs> and she's good now. She's good. <laughs> um, so she's technically been with me since the beginning. And then we have another guy who's been with me straight through, didn't fire. Um, and he's been with me for three years. Uh, he's actually an engineer, a chemical engineer by trade, um, an absolute genius. Um, needs constant direction when he's painting because he's just an engineer. Uh, so he just needs all the rules all the time. Um, and then I have another guy who's apprentice, like, He's got five, he's from Australia, so he's got a couple years in Australia and a few years here. Um, none of them experts, really. Like, they're great workers and they do good work, but no master painters, on, on my end anyway. Um, Josh Spray His Life has great, like, exceptional painters um, as far as finishing coatings are concerned. Um, but we still, based on how I set up the company and I decided to not leave it until I could walk into a room and not know if I painted something or not, I've just stayed in the company, like pretty hands-on and it's mostly exhausting, but I think it's gotten everybody to the level that I would want them to be on. Like I never have to stress about leaving someone on site as far as a client's concerned. I'm stressed literally all of the time personally about leaving people on site because I'm not there to micromanage, but I'm never worried that they're going to do a crappy thing on site, you know, because I've been with them for three years straight, just saying, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> do this, do it this way do it this way. So yeah, none experts, but you walk into a house and you wouldn't know. Yeah. So tell me about this partnership, this merger. Partnership is to get rid of my slow killer stress. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that just said that is the, is the is one of the paint contractors that probably plays more golf than anybody I know <laughs> while also running one of the largest paint companies that I know. Chris is yeah, an that's crazy beast. That's crazy. That's where I'd like to be. Not playing golf, but somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned a lot from his approach, which is very effective, but it's not very stress. -driven. Yeah. Yeah, well, Josh and I are kind of, we're, we're trying to merge right now. We're in the process of just doing the paperwork and annoying stuff so that we don't hate each other in a year. Um, but we are basically taking parts, basically where I'm crazy, he's going to step in. Like, I can't always be on job sites because so many things bug me. <laughs> and it's probably best I'm not there. Like things that are passable and I deem they're not passable. That's, <laughs> it just, it's just exhausting. Like when you wanna grow, you, you have to let some things go and I just, I just don't let them go. Um, so 
I think, I think kind of where we're landing is that I'm going to be mostly sales because I can just go in and talk to people all day long. Um, and he's going to be more job site oriented. Um, and he's also got his own, he just does custom homes, basically. They're like exceptional finishers. Um, they do some of the nicest work in custom homes I've ever seen. Um, like actual, in my opinion, I don't think Josh believes this, but in my opinion, they're the luxury painters that should be in luxury homes. You see a lot of luxury homes that have garbage painters in them. Yes. They're the guys you'd want to call. So he, he kind of runs, he'll be running that. It's not really going to change anything except I don't have to be on job sites all the time spraying every single thing we have to do. And then I can have more time probably training people to spray, setting up programs, like some pro image programs. <laughs> And just get people sanding and get people, you know, just starting at the basics, not having to just throw them on something because I'm so busy. And then I have to go back and redo everything. <laughs> yeah, I think that the stage that you're at and uh, even the stage that I'm at and, and a lot of people, like, there's a, I think there's a lot of contractors out there who are looking for that, like somebody else to come in. I talked to somebody this week that's going to be on the show. And she was saying the same thing of like, I need somebody to come take all these things that I suck at and do them. So yeah. I can do the things I'm really good at. And that's not a very easy thing to do. Like you can't just like put an ad in the paper. No. And, hey, I'm hiring. And I'm going to give you all these really important responses. <laughs> and good luck. Yeah. No, like we were saying earlier, it's a, it's a unicorn. Yes. It's a unicorn of a situation. I was not of the mind that it would ever exist. And then Josh was just like, hey, let's, let's merge. Bam, it's done. <laughs> like, and our, our crews are just colliding right now. Um, it's, it's not been bad. It's been really good. But um, yeah, it's interesting because Honestly, at this stage, it's so hard. Where we are at in sales, it's so hard to get growth past this stage. Because you need to be off the tools 100%. You can't be on them. Nope. Um, like, unless you schedule a, a training day, you know, you can't, you can't just be doing work on site because you're going to cap at that sales margin. And, and I could see myself capping at it and I could see myself just getting crazier and crazier, not wanting to do it, but not really having an out. But yeah, no, it's, it's good. It gives me a lot more time to do sales, to do my paperwork that I just let, I've got a stack, I've got a box of papers to send to Josh's mom right now to just do them for me because they're, <laughs> they're just sitting, baking because I just haven't been able to get to it. So it, it just closes a lot of holes. Yep. Um, I'm not really good at the back end. I can throw up quotes together. I can train and I can do sales. But I think I saw somewhere the other day that you can't do it all 100%. And that 
it was like a month ago or so and that really came for me <laughs> like you can't do sales 100% if you're doing on-site work 100% and doing yes. paperwork 100% it just it doesn't exist like that's yeah. superhuman so this I I feel good about it and and it's the hard part is finding someone that you can trust to turn those things away over right and I you know I born as well and in Carney, my new partner. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's huge to be able to trust. Like, hey, here's like sign over the papers. You can sign checks and go to the bank. Like, you can't. I would never want to go to like Indeed and post an ad and be like, all right, we're hired. Here's. <laughs> yeah, I need someone to take my checks to the bank. Yeah, it's <laughs> and so when you can find that, I know, and I a lot of people that are out there think the same stuff and I think for me it was like all right let go like find the right person be open to the right person and then be willing to let go of some stuff it's a huge let go it's yeah. <laughs> it's like damn it's a good time to be sober but <laughs> it's hard to let go of some things it is it is um, but it, it's freeing you just have to get used to it it's just retraining your brain to just chill out just chill out. The yep. world's not going to implode. Yep. And, and you don't have to do it. Maybe the other person, in theory, even the person is not quite as good. As it doesn't matter because now you've got to be freed up to do it. But the yeah. truth is that's the person's only job. They're probably getting better than you at it. Likely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I even noticed myself starting to slip in like my quality that I was putting out on site just because I just had so many things to do. I just like, I just don't care. There are so many times where I was just so tired. I was like, I, I don't care anymore. I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. And that's like, it goes against literally everything where I was like, Oh my God, I need to, I need to get away from this. Yeah. And it's being smarter and more about things and not yeah. just like, react all day which is what I yeah see. yeah and it, it just it opens up a lot like now I can put together a proper quoting system like I can get back to clients faster like there's some clients who message me two weeks and they're like hey have you looked at my quote yet no literally haven't thought about it you know and your close rate is so low when you're at that point insanely low the second that someone has to follow up with you, it, like, it must cut in half at least. So Chris, who's talking about something in emergency, he's the one who, got, who changed the way I estimate and send out bids. Right. And we now, I would now rather be 10% higher and us on the spot price than take my pencil and sharpen it, worry about it for two weeks, and then two weeks later send it with the sentence that says, sorry it took so long to <laughs> Thanks for your patience. Really, now <laughs> buy something from me. Like, yeah. <laughs> is if you just gave them a price right away when they were excited to buy. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've watched Chris walk massive projects and on the spot just go like, 
65,000. Like, you know, could I go back, add up a linear foot of, of trim and square footage of walls, square footage of ceiling? <laughs> I into some sort of a formula if I had one or just add it up and multiply and, and painstakingly go through and yeah. then send out a price for $3,224? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But I love, I have, it's been so freeing since I changed my approach. And it's just like, we're, I've given people prices on the spot. Like, yeah, yeah that looks like a $7,000 door. Yeah. You know, and it, man, what that, the stress that that took away. Yeah. Yeah, fully. And you know what? When you wait two weeks, maybe you were the only painter they were going to call. But if you wait two weeks to give them that estimate, that's a lot of painters that can come in in two weeks. Yeah. So you, I was thinking that because I, when I first started, I was tracking my sales in my first year, I had like an 85, 90% close rate. Like it was ridiculous. And A, my prices were so cheap. But yes. B, it's because I was so excited. <laughs> and I was sending them an email right away. Like, oh, here's your price. When can we start? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you want us to start next week? Sure, no problem. <laughs> But my close rate was so good. And now my close rate, it started to drop. And then I realized that I wasn't going to get anywhere in my business if I kept letting my sales, like it doesn't have to drop so much. Obviously, if you're doing more estimates, it's going to drop. But especially if you don't have a hugely niche market, your, your quotes or close rates are going to drop. But it was dropping so much and then I realized like a bit of reflection on how many times I said thanks for your patience so sorry so sorry I didn't get back to you sooner oh I had this come up oh I had like no one literally no one cares no one cares no one cares they just want their walls painted <laughs> about when you want to buy something when I want to buy something I become the most impatient person in Same. the world I get squirrely <laughs> And I will, I would might want to hire you, but if I have to wait too long, and you're not like, I'll call, I'll start calling other people quick. It's true. That's a human thing, especially in the world of the internet. And I'll even pay more for it if I want something now. I'll pay more for it. I was looking. Milwaukee got their drawer systems come out a couple of days ago, and somebody sent me a link, and they were out of stock. And I was like, oh no. And then I went on every site trying to like no way I'm waiting for it to come back into stock I went on every site I went to Home Depot I went to another store today just like I I would rather pay more for it now because I've hyper focused on it <laughs> yep so you might as well like yeah the closing rate when you just send it in is it's outstanding <laughs> like it's embarrassing to think about the jobs you've lost because you didn't do that Oh, it's it's sickening. No, no, that's like you said. That's half the houses you drive by. Like, I should go say I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> but it that all changed after Chris was like, like I was talking to him about how he estimates, and they send, you know, he's doing, he's doing many millions in sales per year, many millions, and they're they're giving their their estimates get to the client like formal five page typed up beautiful thing 30 minutes after 
they see the Yeah, I, re I remember him saying on his live that it's just by the time he's to his car. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And that's not a surprise now that they sell as much as they do. Because, of course, it makes sense. Yeah, there is a psychology to it, for sure. People are impulsive, naturally impulsive. Yes. Nobody really wants to sit and think about it. If they're sitting and thinking about it, it's because you haven't sold them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you didn't do a very good job. And like I said, I'm not really sales-based, but I can tell when I've sold someone or not. And when I get back to them, I'm like, hey, you guys, four weeks later, hey, have you guys <laughs> thought about, you know, the estimate? <laughs> they say, yeah, we're still thinking about it. No, they're not. They like, they're not. Yeah. You've lost that job. <laughs> yeah. It, that, it's cute. Um, so we were talking about earlier, you were telling me um, you pay your people pretty well. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Um, Chris's ears going to melt when you say this. <laughs> I know so many people are going to be so mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> But I think my lowest wage I pay is 24. Um, just because I'd rather pay a higher wage mm -hmm. and eat a bit of the cost or charge a bit more and not get as many jobs and have people be able to afford what they need, honestly. Like I've worked for less, <clears throat> doing a lot more, but I've worked for less and it's, it's not really on a one person income. It's not sustainable to live. So I'd rather pay people more, even with no skill, even with no skill. If you're coming in, I'm sorry, but if you're going to come into my work site and you're going to sand baseboards, casings and windows for 10 hours a day, I can't look you in the eye and say, here's 15 bucks an hour. Like, I can't, that's such hard work. I've gotten paid $12 an hour, I think, to do it. And you go home at the end of the day and you're a shell of a human. And you can't afford anything. It's great for high school kids who maybe want to go into the trades later. Like, apprenticeship programs are great for that. Who, they, they live at home. You know, they're learning, whatever. But we're dealing with adults who have to pay for car payments who have to pay rent who maybe have a kid like i know one person who's supporting his whole family and on a painter's wage you know like it's still tight but he can do it and he's not necessarily as skilled as other 25 dollars an hour painters but what's it matter I don't want people working for me who can't afford food. Then I'll just, I'll just end up buying them food. Like I'll pay for it somewhere. <laughs> but now American dollars and Canadian dollars are different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Help out a little bit. Tell I think me the rate is like 0.7 or something. Okay. So 30% they're getting, so what's 30% of 24? Somebody want to do that math? Or 70% of 24? 
somebody want to times do 70% of 24 and tell me what that number is? Because I, I mean, I'm just looking at, I'm just thinking about if I paid my apprentices $24 an hour when they came into the company. Uh, I, I mean, I just can't imagine how that work. I think I, it would equal out to about $18 American, maybe. Okay. Something like that. 18, 19. I can let that, our apprentices get to that, you know, within three months. Yes. Um, $18.80. Okay. All right. So that sounds a lot better to me. Than... It's not so bad. Hey, <laughs> that's not so bad at all. Actually, it's the, It was the Canadian to American translation that was really making 24 as an entry. I was just like, I started to get all defensive. Like, well, he will pay to go to college. <laughs> and, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, things are just as like more expensive here, really. The inflation kind of makes it the same. So it all balances out. But I, 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 I do. I the sentiment and and now that I hear the price, the number, I'm like a hundred percent on board. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing too. But when I heard twenty four an hour, I was just like, I don't know how you do that. Companies here will start you at. Well, before the minimum wage was 15, I think it bumped up to 15. Companies would start you at like $14 an hour. Um, and now they all start you at $15 an hour. At one point, I was running a whole company's crew for them, like 10 to 20 people on average, doing all of their spray work, doing everything. And I was getting paid 23 and I was like, that's ridiculous. Because there are people painting here for, I think when I first moved back here, people were charging like, I saw some ads for like $50 a square foot of a house. Or not $50, sorry, 50 cents a square foot of a house. Like you're getting paid nothing. Yeah. You're getting paid nothing. And like starting, I think was 17 or something like that. Even if you had experience, like... Like I came in with seven years experience into a company, spray experience, leadership experience, and would get hired at 18. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm literally never going to pay that low of an income. You can't live on it. Yeah. I mean, I you can if you're, if you have things lined up for you and you know, I, I I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm on board with it. I, I'm on board with, I think we're doing a lot of the same things. Like, like let's make this a positive like career for people. And yeah. it's like traumatic environment to come to work to. <laughs> yeah, literally people who leave painting or leave paint companies leave so traumatized. Genuinely PTSD from the amount they've had to work for the little they've had to work for, for working for unstable bosses who just have the worst professional boundaries that you can ever imagine. Like people leave in tears. I've seen people walk off in tears in other companies. Like you shouldn't ever cry over painting. Although Josh and I were saying the other day and someone else were saying that if you haven't cried while you were spraying, at some point, you're not really a sprayer. 
if, if you haven't cried yet, you haven't sprayed enough. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I have definitely cried over my business in the past. And, uh, oh, I've, I've sobbed. <laughs> but I don't yes. want my employees to sob. <laughs> but it mostly comes from being exhausted and, you know, overworked. And then something happens on this like razor thin margin of, <laughs> yeah. like holding on or not and you know and that's where i like where you're going with this stuff it's like yeah let's turn this into a profession where i go to work i make a good living and then i go home and i have a life and i'm not a miserable person to be around because i'm broke and my boss is screaming at me and you know i always say like i want my people to make good money and i want them also to go home as like happy human beings who are doing good in the world and like the people around them aren't like why is this person so miserable you know i was a miserable painter most people are miserable painters yeah our industry has a really low bar it sucks yeah and i don't know i just yeah i i think it it just broke me i think so many negative experiences just broke me to the point of like I'm either going to fix this or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so I've slowly, I'm also, I also know nothing about business. I, I don't read self-help books. I don't read business books. I like, I just wing it for the most part. But I, I've learned over the past few years that you just have to make people feel good to work for you. Like it doesn't feel good for you at the end of the day. Even if you can compartmentalize it, it'll build up and it won't feel good for you at the end of the day when you're around all of these miserable people because you're the queen miserable. <laughs> so I, and at first, because I'm, I'm just a very particular person in general, I have been that boss. I'm not going to sit I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a perfect boss. I just come in all sunshine and roses onto job sites. I don't point anything out. I don't make anyone cry at some point. But <laughs> I've I've tried to get to a point where I just give feedback. I'm not mean. I just give feedback. I'm not going to make you work on the weekend. I'm going to ask you if you'd like hours but I'm not going to say you have to work on the weekend. You have to work 14 hours today. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like I'd rather someone go enjoy their weekend and come back the next day, the next week refreshed. Like I, I've spent, I think months, up to six months without a day off in other companies like not one day off <laughs> that's crazy and it's just it's not sustainable and at first i was like okay we got to work weekends and we would do some weekend jobs and then people would come back at, on monday and they're just wiped like they're working at snail pace on monday like just go home at that point and then i was like oh maybe we just shouldn't work <laughs> 24 <laughs> seven. And so I, I just learned that work less, work better, 
pay people better, they'll feel better. You know, it's it's just it's a cycle. Yeah. It all feeds itself. Yeah. I how come you don't read business and self help books? Um, I just don't have the attention span. I start to read I'll read like little taglines in them and then like, yeah. That's good. And then I just put it down. <laughs> like, I got what I needed. <laughs> what about books on tape? Or like, Audible? I just don't have the attention span. Wow. I, don't, I start and then I will like fall asleep if it's an audiobook. Or even if it's an, another book that I'm reading. I'll just, just straight fall asleep. I'm just easy to put to sleep, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've started listening to podcasts slowly. Okay. Because it's, it's more condensed and it's smaller, like 20-minute ones. Any Anything over, like, I wouldn't listen to this podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine I, I turn a lot of people off by this long format. Um, but this is the format that I enjoy listening to content in. Yeah. And so it's what I decided to do. I think a lot of people do. I've, actually, I've listened to a few of these shows and I, it's caught my attention. And I, I've stayed through them, but for the most part, unless it's like very pointed of what I want to know, I don't have time for all of the, the in-between chatter and the, whatever it is that I'm probably doing right now. <laughs> well, and that's what I try to do here. Now, now I'm not, as we talk about the meta of this whole thing, but like <laughs> from the beginning, like, all right, let's get right into it and let's talk and let's like, because I think there's something to be said though for these longer as we draw this out start stuff starts to come out that wouldn't come out in a 25 minute interview that I think for me as someone who listens to long form podcasts like that's where you get some of that gold is hearing context and deeper stuff and for sure a 30 minute interview is I don't know I think it's I think the painting ones are helpful because obviously I want to know about the painting ones, but when it's just like random business advice from some guy, like, I don't care. <laughs> it's probably going to make me angrier than it is going to motivate me for the most part. They're telling me I need to just change my routine and just discipline myself. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, you mentioned something when we were talking about setting people up for success. Um, how do you think about that? And what do you do to make that happen? I have tried to just start asking people what they want. What, what do you want from the company? I haven't always been the best for implementing it because we've been so busy. And that's an, another thing where the merge comes in is because I genuinely want people to have a career in painting. Because you can make top dollar as a painter, like depending on what skills you want to harness or whether you want to start your own company, you can make a lot of money. There's no reason it can't be a career, but people get so scared yep. by not even by the attitude of everybody, but just you kind of cap in painting. There's a cap and a lot of people hit it and a lot of people don't know how to go above it because they don't have employers who want to push them above it. Yeah. Um, so I've just started asking people 
where do you want to be? You know, I might not be the fastest at getting you there, but we will get you there. <laughs> you know, I will change my whole business around to get you there. Because if I can't, what's the point of my business? I'm not, I'm not just in business to make money. Like I, I could make the same amount of money somewhere else and be so much less stressed. <laughs> so yeah, if someone wants to be, you know, a sprayer, we'll get them spraying. If someone doesn't want to be a sprayer and wants to be something else, we'll get them on job site management, you know? Um, it's a slow process, especially when you're a, a small company. It's easier in a bigger company to say, hey, what do you want? Okay, great. All of these people are out there doing all those things, so I have time to take you and, you know, shadow with you. Um, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I like that. So how is we i don't know if we can, I want to go a little well i haven't started the partnership yet the merger as you call it we've, we've started it what does it look like how does that work we've, we we've just shit mixed it right now but um currently it looks like josh has his new build guys has his custom home guys um, we do about the same amount in sales annually. Uh, we're going in on a 50-50 partnership. Um, well, he also brother. He has how many? I don't know, like 10. <laughs> I've counted them. He has 10. <laughs> you have four and you do the same amount per charge is really high. Say that again. So you guys, you have half the number of employees, total painters in the company, and you do the same in revenue? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's awesome. I think he needs to probably raise his prices. <laughs> that's what I tell him. Uh, I think that's very safe to say. But also, you're killing. Yeah. I actually, I didn't think about that until you said it. <laughs> um that's that's pretty i mean that's that means you're producing twice as much revenue per app than his company and if he's got 10 guys he knows what he's doing so you've this this i'm hoping this beats my hypothesis which is that marketing is and sales are the most important lead domino in a company 100 percent. okay it's all marketing because of you and i are in the same boat and Graham is our net close to the same our net okay but total revenue is i think josh actually does do a little more than i do i hope <laughs> well i i mean it is what it is but i think that like my point to everyone is always i just preach the what my what i've come to learn over the hard way is just sales and marketing sales and marketing because then you can charge more, which allows me to pay a living wage and be profitable. You know, it's like so many people have just, uh, the, these painters have eroded our value market by being desperate, not running good businesses that yeah. bottom. 
you have to let some people go. Like you have to let some customers go. Um, I, I charge probably double of what some painters charge. Sometimes we're on par for certain things, but other things double. Why not? This is what we want to make. Yep. You know, this is what, what I think we're worth. And at the end of a job, I've never had a customer tell me that we weren't worth that. You know, I've had customers who haven't had us in their house tell me they can't pay that. Yep. But I've never had one single complaint saying like, oh, I don't think that was worth it. So, and even like just recently, I hate cabinet jobs. I, I like cannot stand them. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to charge $50 extra on top of every door because I don't want them and if i if i get them i want to be paid decently for them and then i realized it's actually easier to sell when you're the highest bid than it is when you're the same as literally every other person coming in with the standard price <laughs> so then i actually started getting more cabinet jobs it kind of backfired and it's kind of kind of good <laughs> Well, good thing you have uh, Spray's life to come in. Yeah. And it's great. Now that we have Josh, it's so great. I, like, have no stress at all. I want to sell every – he's going to hate me. I want to sell literally every kitchen now because we're charging enough to do it. We have systems. He's given me – I'm not going to say them, but he's given me systems that have, like, blown my mind, almost brought me to tears. It relieved so much stress from me so i'm like hell yeah i'll sell kitchens and i'll sell them for this much money and now i have more energy to do it and now i'm selling them for more money and now homeowners are questioning why is that so cheap yes i'll tell you why it's so cheap and then you've got the job done <laughs> that yeah been so i we do a lot in sales because i just decided that i don't want to be a broke painter Thank you. Thank <laughs> why? you. <laughs> why would I? Why would I do all this to be a broke painter? Like I'm not rolling in money, but I'm not stressed. Yes. And but the lead domino that no one, all these craftsmen don't want to listen to, is marketing, right? It's marketing and saying no to jobs that aren't going to serve you. Which is which is you don't get to if you haven't done marketing. No, you don't. You don't get to know. <laughs> you don't get to charge, you know, FU pricing if no. you need that job. And you need that job because you didn't do enough marketing to bring in way more leads than you could possibly service so that you could charge a, a living wage. Yeah, that's what it all breaks down to. It, it's just nicer. Like, I, I have normal business stress, but I don't have the stress that other people other painters have like yeah. that's silly to me i'm in a huge place of privilege also to be able to do like it's not easy it takes like xyz lining up to be able to get you can't just place yourself there no you gotta you gotta grind to get there and then over time you see what you're worth you know what you can charge you know what other people charge you know the level you want to be at 
go for it. You know, even if it's at first, it was just like the first few jobs or like here jobs here and there. I would be like, we were kind of busy. So I'd be like 40,000 <laughs> and just not really need the job. And they'd say yes. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. And then <laughs> you start to see how less stressed you are on those jobs. Yep. And like how ne I'm literally never stressed about getting paid. I'm never stressed if someone goes over hours. I'm never stressed. Like we, we started this house and uh, we painted, I think like five rooms the wrong color. And I was like, okay, well, that sucks, but do it again, I guess. But, but it, like, it, it wasn't a stressor. I wasn't like, oh, man, I'm not going to make any money on this job. Yep. Because I had it built in that I might not make my margin that I want to make, but I won't pay to do a job. <laughs> because... And I don't think I've ever paid to do a job. Yeah. And I know a lot of painters who are like, oh, I ate that cost and it sunk me. Yeah. That's but ridiculous. Because of the same kind who are like, I'm word of mouth only. Oh, <laughs> it's cool because I'm word of mouth. Like, yeah. All right. Like when people say that, I just like, I just feel bad for them. Because I used to say that. I, I, <laughs> I've said I, that, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, buddy, you are missing a huge huge opportunity to really like write your own picture. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Word of mouth is other people telling other people who you are. Marketing is you telling other people who you are. Yeah. So you're the first in. Yeah. And it, it, it does. It makes a huge difference. I actually, I just had a friend of mine do my branding and I've even noticed that even since it's only been a month, but it's been like ridiculous i gave her what i w wanted maybe this was just like a huge coincidence but i gave her what i wanted out of my company and she did the branding for it with like a huge form like a really aggressively long form about what i wanted from my company and who i was like i hated every minute of it uh but it got me by the time i gave out my business cards to the paint stores that push us and clients and, and put it on Instagram and whatever. I had almost three out of four jobs line up instantly in the mar in the market that I wanted them to be in. Like I was mostly in suburbs and I said, I want inner city. Like I want inner city homes. They're better for portfolios. There's more money. Yes. And within a, a, a month, like almost all of my estimates were inner city, yep. just based on how I've, I started branding myself. I love to hear this because this has been my experience a hundred percent. And I, I, I felt, I feel like I shortcutted the system. Like I got way farther ahead by just understanding social media and understanding branding a little bit and marketing myself well. Yeah. And I just see too many people who are obsessed with the painting. And if I paint better and it's like, no man, painting better is not going to get you the freedom that you want. It's a fine balance. You need to, you need to have the craft to back up 
the, you do. the uh, marketing. But you know what? People who market well and people who have good customer service, they're still going to get less complaints. They're still going to get less callbacks. Your clients aren't going to look around the house as much. If you come in and you're clean cut and you know you show up and you communicate and you close the job that day and you finish rooms at a time, don't leave everything in just chaos, they're not going to look, they're not going to start looking because what they're going to do is they'll see, you know, one wall that's left unpainted and you know it's left unpainted and they think that it's finished and they see all these imperfections on it and then they're looking and then they're looking and then they're looking when really if you just have good organization, good communication, show up clean, keep the job site clean, keep dust down, no one cares. No. And somebody just said paint right is where I start. I don't agree. I, I, I think that way too many people think that it's the painting first and they don't understand that it, the client doesn't care about the painting like we do. No, the client's already bought your yeah. company. Start with sales and marketing and just, I mean, perform the paint job. Don't like, I mean, I say that we're, we're performing the highest level paint jobs there are. Yeah. But my obsession is not on the paint. It's on the experience and the marketing. Because that's what people remember. And and let's be real, that's what our industry that's a moat. Like you could go to the bar and there's gonna be some dude who can paint. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like this painting is not rocket science. No. But how many companies can actually give an amazing customer service experience and make the client rave about them at the end? Almost none. Almost none. Because <laughs> we're all obsessed with how do we get a straighter line or less orange peel. And, you know, for most of us, for most painters, I don't think that that's where they're taking their time. Yeah. Literally, no one cares. Yeah. Most times I ask, because I, I try to be pretty forthright when I go into a house and I say, you know, like, what do you care about? And I'll, I'll see something and I'll point it out and I'll be like, oh, do you want, do you want a sprayed finish or do you want a brush and rolled finish if you're living in your home, right? And so many people will be like, well, what's the difference? What's on my trim now? They don't even know. It can be like glass. Their trim is glass. And they're like, is that a brushed finish? <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a good painter. They don't know. Like just, unless the most expensive two rooms of my career and the client <laughs> look look at this this trim is unbelievable and she looks at me you really like that trim paint don't you <laughs> and i was like all right i give up like <laughs> she wouldn't have cared less how good <laughs> yeah yeah it's so disappointing when you're like this is a masterpiece and they're yes. like Oh, I love that feature wall. <laughs> the color looks nice. Can I hang my things now on the wall? Like, <laughs> yeah. But if yeah. you leave, if you leave a job and you haven't given the customer a good experience, they're going to want to make up that cost somewhere else, and then they're going to want that cost to be in your finish. Yeah. So if you've left anything, even if it's minor, even if it's a little bump on the wall, that's like twenty feet up a ceiling. They're going to want to justify that cost somewhere if they didn't get it from you in communication. 
Yes. I've I've seen it. I've had jobs where I've dropped the ball and the customer's like, oh, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it's such an annoying thing to say as a painter to say like, oh, we knew about that. Or, oh, we're going to get to that. Or, oh, yeah, we'll take care of that. That's so annoying. And they yep. they wouldn't do it if you had just been thorough with your business approach. Yes. I so, paint finisher. I'm, I have to pick on you because I vehemently disagree with you. So I'm not gonna let this one slide. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you now because you're next level now. But if the results ain't there, you ain't gonna you you can't ask for top wages. It just doesn't pan out in the long run. I disagree. I think that there are a bunch of companies who don't do very good paint jobs who are making great profit and are making people actually happy. I mean, as a painter, I think every painter here, I've talked about companies in my area and I'd be like, I can't believe they're still in business. They're thriving. I've seen their paint jobs. I've fixed their paint jobs. How come they're so busy and they're so thriving? Well, because they focused on the things that people actually care about. Now, our clients, like my clients, yeah, those they do. I happen to also be in a market that can bear yeah. $6,000 front doors. But I think that the point of that is, no, the long run is what's on your side for the long run is gr happy people and great customer service. Yeah, fully. I know, I know companies here who do absolute garbage work and they charge the same as me. Yep. And they don't pay their employees well. And, you know, like, I mean, you can, but their quality is not good. You hire college kids. There are college kids getting paid the same amount, putting garbage on your walls. <laughs> your paint but, job is going to fail within two awesome. years. And, and when it, and that's where like, I think all things being equal, if you're going to pick one of the two to start with, I'm not saying don't do both, but if you're, if I could tell old me, like young me, which one to start with, it would be start with the sales and marketing and customer experience and then get to up in your level of paint jobs fully because 99% of the painting industry is obsessed with upping their level of paint jobs. And they're sitting around going, how come I don't have any money? <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. Oh, I'm busy. It's like, well, you don't have any money though. Yeah. You know, what are you that was for? <laughs> oh, we're not talking about turds though in this analogy he's saying but because because pe people perceive the paint job differently when it's gone through a great experience like you were saying there's there's just human psychology to it it's yeah. it's just a normal thing for someone to just not look as hard if you don't give them a reason to not look as hard and that doesn't mean your job is not as good it just means they're not looking. If you look for a flaw, you'll find a flaw in literally anything. So why, even if it's passable, so why make them look? Yes. I, I did one of the best gloss ceilings we've ever done. Arguably, it was better than the best. One of the best gloss ceilings I'd ever, I've ever done happened not a year ago. It was the worst we, we dropped the ball on the customer service experience. I, I put 
like we messed up a, pro a step in the process and then that go to another job, brought another fill in and this job dragged on and with multiple crews. And by the time we were finished, there was nothing that would have made this client happy. And we delivered a beautiful <laughs> final. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it has nothing to do with, I posted the pictures online. Everyone's like, oh my God. The Perfection. <laughs> but that client had made up their mind that they didn't like us and they were going to find and in their heads now, because painting is a subjective thing. Like, does this look good? Is completely subjective. And they were like, no, we don't like it. <laughs> I could have done, we could have done a lot worse painting, but been on schedule and they would have been ecstatic and made the final payment and gave everybody bonuses. Fully. It's crazy. I wish someone would have told me that 10 years ago. I know. I, I'm, I'm glad I got to see it in another company because I would have never gotten there myself as a painter because you're so in the thick of it that you can't see it. Like I love painting. I wish I could paint in my company every day, but I, it's, it's not doable. But I, I just didn't, I actually didn't really realize it until about the last year and a half when I actually started really failing at my customer service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when I was like, wow, this is a horrible experience for everybody. Like all I had to do was call them back when I you know, or call them before they had to call me or tell them this thing that I didn't want to tell them because I had anxiety or whatever. Everyone has their reasons for not, not doing it, but you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Yeah. It's the thing I'm most afraid of now. It's not, is there a drip? Is like, is there a holiday? It's not, it's, did I forget to follow up? Did I not proactively send an email? Mm -hmm. Like those I'm terrified of. Those are the things that will ruin my business the fastest. Oh, fully. I'm, al I'm always afraid I'm going to get a review come up one star that I just like didn't follow up. Yep. I'm just like waiting for those to slide in <laughs> because people get so mad. They do. And they sit at home and they stew. <laughs> they start pacing. They call their mom, tell their mom all about it. Their mom gets them all worked up. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, leave them a one star. <laughs> oh man because that's what that's what i do like if i don't get good service i i hyper focus on it yeah and i either forget about it or i like it eats me <laughs> yeah yeah painter painter we're gonna agree on that one um Try it, try it our way. Try it my way and tell me if you don't find success. Painting, no one's saying, you see the work that we put out. No one's saying that the, the work is not important. No, we the, put work, out, the work has to still be good. Yeah, but still, if, if there's a leap domino, it is customer service, client experience, and marketing over it's, painting. It's hand in hand. Yeah, it's not mutual. Yeah. You have more time to do a great job if you're not stressed and following up with touch-ups all the time. 
Yeah. Like think about how many hours you waste annually doing touch-ups for jobs that shouldn't have had callbacks. Like that could have been put into your work. Six, $7,000 doors. And the client stands on the street, looks at it and goes, oh my God, it's amazing. Writes me a check and then we go home. Yeah. When I used to deliver $300 paint jobs on doors with crappy customer service, click, there goes the flashlight, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. I, like the amount of blue tape I used to get, I had on all my, but I, I now truly believe that blue tape is directly, the amount of blue tape is directly proportional to the client, the customer service experience and not to the paint job. I'd say 99% of the time, that's true. Yeah. There are and some, there be are a some very special people out there. That yeah. <laughs> But most of the time, we saw those people coming anyway. And oh, hopefully... they have red flags. <laughs> they get They're... a hard no now. Yes. We, we, we chose not to ignore the red flags. And now we're sitting here um, wishing that, you know, we could make someone happy that we can't be. But I just think that more important, I just think this is because I, you know, when you're like, you're guilty so long now you're passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> change it because like i've i've seen the light <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like people who start eating keto <laughs> and now you have to tell oh. everybody that they're missing out totally and, and that they're <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel that all right, I think we kind of covered everything that I want to talk about. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap up? No, that was good. People who quit smoking, yeah. <laughs> People who quit drinking, us just ranting on. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm glad that people got to hear and see, you know, more faces. I, do you follow Brad Goslink? Yeah, I do. I think he's from this city also. Is he? Or he Edmonton, just, maybe? Um about being clean and, and recovery and I forget I, I didn't even read the whole thing I just saw the gist of it read the I comments. saw that too I love that yeah. yeah I think for a long time people addicts were so stigmatized that you know it's like you would get clean in secrecy and and then just try to like assimilate and be a normal person oh fully <laughs> like I didn't know anybody that like got clean in my life and was sober like maybe a couple but not really no, was like i didn't either so i i love that we can be on here and be like yeah like you know so i had a disease like i'm treating it like you know moving on yeah. it's, possible. It's, it's such a huge difference i uh the first time i got sober i think i was the only sober person that i was around me like it didn't and i'm just like shaking like guys don't mind me don't mind me like and i was just like crying for months and it's just so isolating and and there's nobody to say like hey yeah that's normal like hey don't worry about it or like hey you're gonna have some weird emotions for a while <laughs> yeah. so it, it is nice to see everyone just like post how horrible it is but also how the the light i guess it's nice to see you're it's so stigmatized and it has been. It's so, less, you know. Yeah. And, and 
it's kind of like you were saying earlier, like, hey, this is me. And, like, you can take it or leave it. Like, you know, I, yeah, I'm an addict. But, you know, I'm in recovery and I don't have to use any more a day at a time. And it makes me an awesome, like, thriving human being. And hopefully by talking about it, a couple other people who are struggling, you know, I remember the, what the struggle felt like. And I didn't have people to look to and be like, oh, I could do it if he could do it. Yeah. No, there was nobody. There was that one maybe old uncle that you knew that drank O'Doul's. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's it. And they're like, he just doesn't drink. And nobody talks about it. <laughs> I've never understood the numbers. The I, what? I non-alcoholic beers. Oh, I, have, I have a four-pack in my fridge that I bought when I moved in here 11 months ago, and I have not touched it. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a place in Maine, a, a burger place, and this, this, like, guy came up to the table, and he was like, I'm here from the local brewery. We just, like, we developed, like, a really awesome-tasting non-alcoholic beer. And I, my brother's is sober as well, and we just, like, looked at each other, and we were like, <laughs> Dude, I don't want to drink your nut like, beer. Doesn't taste that good. I'm sorry. I don't think you understood why I was drinking beer in the first place. <laughs> taste of beer. <laughs> it's not that good. We oh. don't need to replicate it. Seltzer. Now that's where it's at. I saw you drinking a Lacroix. Yeah, I go hard on them. Like, it's ridiculous. I put a full, full uh, shopping bag out, like stuffed full out for the, you know, the alley guy that comes along and gets it maybe every two days yeah i'm at least 12 a day yeah it's nuts <laughs> i like i'm always having to do the math to justify it to myself like it's okay you drank this much daily and like <laughs> it's less <laughs> it, and, and it's it's like guilt-free you yeah. know there's, there's, there's oh man i know it's so good it's the, a lot of it was the fizz like, I, I would have such a hard time coming home at the end of the day and not having something fizzy. And, like, yeah. fizzy and not necessarily... I don't really like sweet things. So alcohol was perfect. You know, like a gin and soda or whatever. And then I lost that. And then I was always... I just needed something. And then I realized that uh, the seltzers and the the whatever sugar-free drinks had the exact same taste, but they just, no alcohol. I, sw I swear it got me sober. Like, it kept my sanity. <laughs> That's tremendous. I heard that, but I love my seltzer. And it is like that. It's like that crutch. It's like that, that, that like, little warm blanket over there that I can <laughs> feel so guilt about. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what, I, it's probably just muscle memory, but I think the, the like click of the can and the sip, it like, it still is calming. Yeah. It's not quite the oh. same, but it's still calming. <laughs> it is. And you get to be the same you and not have to be. Yeah. Just go home and have a, a hard bubbly, <laughs> <laughs> nice tall glass of seltzer. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. Up tomorrow morning feeling like a million bucks. Yeah. Hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> I'm the most hydrated I've ever been in my life. I, I actually have a really hard time drinking water in general. 
Me too. Because I'm so used to job sites just like not having bathrooms or whatever that I just train myself to just n never drink water. So I have to train myself to re to drink water. And those it was like two birds, one stone, where now I'm hydrated and sober. Let's go. And spending 50 bucks a week on sugar-free drinks. <laughs> Me too. That's way more than that at the bar. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, this has been awesome. Um, we have three questions that we ask at the end of every show. Because okay. that's our show and we're continuing. Sure. Um, so the first question I have for you is, I need a DIY painting tip. Ooh, a DIY painting tip. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel so burnt out from my AMA today. I'm trying to think. <laughs> How am I this bad on the spot with a DIY painting tip? Wait, are you actually a painter? I'm not even a painter. <laughs> this is all just a ploy. You're just like the, a massive con artist. <laughs> I feel like one right now. Doing one of the weirdest cons all the time. Okay, my DIY painting tip that everyone on TikTok hates is if you have a gap in your baseboards or in your stairs, to tape it and caulk it and paint it. And it's going to be okay. Wait, I, I'm not following this. What is the TikTok thing? Everybody rips me apart on TikTok where I caulk the tape line. Yeah. On like uneven surfaces or like I had a woman whose baseboards were pulling off and they're like faux finish baseboards and I'm not gonna touch up faux finish baseboards. So you just tape the line, like you guys do as well, and you caulk yeah. it, yeah. and you wipe the caulk away, and you paint it, and you pull it off, and it's genius. It's and genius. Ev and everybody just, like, loses their minds. Really? about it. Yeah, I don't know if you read... You probably don't get as many trolls, but... Well, I just don't read any of my TikTok comments. I haven't made a TikTok post in months, because I can't afford. But we're going to start back soon, I think, but... Uh, TikTok blew up for us to a point where I like I I've never I don't look at any comments. <laughs> Most of the comments are like one one first first. I know TikTok's so annoying. I just post a video and then I forget it exists. <laughs> I haven't been on TikTok in a long time. I I completely just like stopped having that be part of my life. It's annoying. It's I wasn't getting any, I wasn't making any money from it. I had five hundred and fifty thousand followers and didn't make a dollar on TikTok. I, know, I like that I could be kind of rude to the people who commented. Yes. Because it's none of my clients, and they're never going to be my clients, so I could be a little sassy. <laughs> Such a jerk. I, I, it's beautiful. Because yeah. but time you don't make any money, you don't do any work from TikTok. So I was just like, I can't justify spending time doing this. Yeah. But anyway, that's my horrible DIY painting. Okay. I'm not a painter. I don't know what I'm doing. You're in clear caulking. I don't even think it needs to be clear. Okay. It could be clear. I've had some private account tell me that it needs to be clear and I'm a hack, so maybe it should oh, be clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like the clear I, on like rough surfaces 
or like on hardwood floors. Yeah, where the caulking is going to squeeze through and you get like the little on like brushed oak or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yes. for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Clears the way. Don't listen to me. I just think if you get to choose, it costs more. I like to use clear caulking. I always find clear is more likely to have little air bubbles in it. Like it doesn't yeah. smooth as nicely. It's kind of annoying. That's but true. Downfalls. And pull it to tape the, the tape wet or dry? Dry. Me too. Stop pulling your tape while it's wet. That's what I'll say to DIY homeowners. Big drop, drop the it. Sherwin Let's... tells you to do it. Home Depot tells you to do it. Don't do it. And There's definitely not... don't do it when it's just dry. Like leave it. Leave it alone. You'll be okay. Pull it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to set up. You're gonna pull the the whole paint off of your wall if you pull it in like two hours. And it's just a hot mess if you pull it while it's wet. It's I totally agree. Necessary. That's a that's a great thing I say. Alright, I need your favorite painting paraphernalia. Tool, equipment, software that you're into, whatever. My favorite painting paraphernalia. I think it's probably my Milwaukee light. I Which one? The uh just the little rectangle inspection light. It's small enough for me to always have on me, so I can just be that extra level of crazy. Oh, I love this. I'm going to have to get one and try it. They're so good. They last like, I don't know, like 45 minutes. And I just like to come in on job sites and put it on the wall and tell everybody it's all wrong. <laughs> Do you use the festival inspection lights? No, I want to get one. I, oh. I don't know if I could handle it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't handle the Milwaukee. Gosh. This is all garbage. I'm a garbage painter. <laughs> light up one of those things oh man i see it on people's videos and i get stressed <laughs> I, like i was very skeptical of them when i heard about them 350 bucks light and then i got one and put it on a wall and i was like oh my God. it's like putting gloss on without doing anything yeah you're like i'm a hack <laughs> they make you feel so bad about yourself they really do <laughs> But if you're doing gloss work, they're very, very Yeah, you need it. Yeah. You almost but need it. But if you're flat on the walls, don't get an inspection light. No. Josh said put that shit away, yeah. See, that's why Josh is going to be doing the job site. <laughs> I, I love it. Because I my little annoying light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get one and just come around and I'll make a video. <laughs> All right, so now I need you to give me the most embarrassing, worst horror story you got on a job set, from a job site. Something you've never told anybody. <laughs> oh my God. I only have other people's secrets, I think. I could tell someone else's secret. Tell someone. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if we want to start that press. It's, a, it's anonymous. Okay, tell me an insane, but then you have to tell me one of your own as well. Okay, let me think for a second. But I want to hear the craziest one. Oh my God, I don't even know if I have one. You've never made a Other than not sending a bid, you've never drove past the house and were just like, oh my God. Remember that time? Oh, okay. If it's like that kind of embarrassing, like your work is embarrassing. 
or a mistake. Or Nick Slavic dropped a gallon of paint on a carpet, couldn't get it out, and put a chair over the top. Okay, I just did. I, <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> All right. But we just, we just spilled a bunch of paint, and the homeowners walked in, and we just, like, chucked a drop sheet on top of it and just let it sit until they left again. But that's not my bad one. That's that was just one. Um, I was I just said this on my AMA, but I was um, actually listed like a plethora of mistakes that I shouldn't have listed, probably to prospective clients. But um, what's we, an AMA? Uh, might ask me anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were doing one house for a. Uh, like an Olympic swimmer, someone really fancy in the Olympics. And it was like a $2 million house on top of a hill in the boonies somewhere. And, and it was the first time I'd really seen brushed oak floors. And anyway, we were walking across it. I was walking and I was walking and I was shaking the can as I was going. And it just, I didn't realize that the lid just like, and this is still such a big thing for me to do today. I do it all the time. The lid was not on. And I was just shaking and it was just oil primer, just going with the wind, just like shaking this oil primer all over these brushed floors. And then I just had, oh, I like, I, I don't know how I've made it to this point in life. Like, I don't know how I didn't quit on the spot on that day. Like it was so bad. I had to have a little toothbrush and like a tiny bit of, and they were like site finished floors. So it's not like it wasn't factory finished, engineered hardwood or anything. It was just like perfectly site finished, six inch brushed oak flooring. <laughs> and I just had my little toothbrush and my little can of mineral spirits. And you couldn't use goof off because that would just strip the flooring completely. And you had to do it so lightly. <laughs> And I think I spent hours. I and I I, I think about it pretty regularly actually. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> so that was pretty embarrassing. That's that's what I was looking for. Okay. Yeah, I've got tons of those. I've made so many mistakes. <laughs> if you want to share it up with you can get it off your chest. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cap it. Well, face Thank you so much for joining me. This has been tremendous. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cool. See ya. Yeah, there you go. That was awesome.